Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Hey folks, welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. We're here for another episode of our podcast. I'm Chris Peterson, and uh, once again with me is my co-host, uh, Danny Gillette. And uh, we're here one week away from uh, fall camp. Uh, literally next week, uh, July 31st, will be the first day of uh, practice for Nebraska football. Um, Big Ten Media Days is this week coming up. But uh, Danny, we are literally one week away from the first uh, fall camp under Matt Rule. What are your uh, What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? You can see the big smile on my face just to hear that we're one week away. I can't believe it. It seems it's it has seemed like a long off season, but in a weird way, it's been a good long off season as we've seen the program undergo changes from hiring that rule to getting a solid uh, 2023 recruiting class, kind of putting the bow on that to recruiting for 2024 to you know learning about all these you know coaching you know members of the coaching staff and then you know even on our end getting to interview some of these players and their experiences with the with the new coaching staff and their impressions it's been a fun off season and i'm ready to get things going it will be fun. It'll be interesting to see what, you know, Matt Rule says this week at uh, Big Ten Media Days. Um, he's got a few, um, you know, players going along with him um, off the top of my head. I don't remember if he's speaking on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, I'm sure we can look that information up for you. But it, at any rate, it'll be fun. I'm sure he'll have, uh, you know, some more um, organization and some planned out remarks other than, you know, Scott Frost, who, I don't know, might have been intoxicated a year ago when he, <laughs> when he went up to the uh, podium. Who knows? The bar is not set high when it comes to comparing Frost and Rule as far as their press conferences are concerned, but I will say this. I remember listening to his introductory press conference last November, and I was ready to play for him and suit up right there. So if his press conferences, you know, um, this week are, or press conference this week, excuse me, are anything like uh, what we saw in November in his introductory press conference, then it should be fine. And quite honestly, he has a chance along with many others, but he really, you know, as a good speaker, has a chance to make his mark at these media days with all of the, you know, unfortunate and kind of, quite frankly, disturbing news going on at Northwestern. He has a chance to really be a positive piece for these media days and one that's going to be overshadowed with a lot of questions about other schools. Yeah, there will be a lot of questions. I do think that, yeah, Matt Rule will, um, you know, kind of, I think he'll be one of the stars of the show, um, so to speak. So just, you know, looking that up, he's going to be speaking um, Thursday. Um, so it's going to be Thursday at 12 Eastern. Um, so just that's basically, he's got a 15 minute window, you know, kind of with the national, not the national media, but what, you know, up at the podium, um, 15 minutes for every head coach. Um, that's how it works. And then uh, there's breakout sessions and that's where, you know, the players will, you know, have their opportunity to meet with the media and Matt rule will be able to meet with the media as well. There'll be probably more local media members there. And, and that's kind of provides time for, you know, more in-depth questioning. Um, you know, that 15 minutes is kind of just like, checking in like the state of the program, you know, type deal. And uh, so that, that'll be fun for Matt rule. I'm sure he's got, you know, some exciting things to, to say, but uh, ultimately, you know, it's just, it's about what happens on the field. And um, next week we'll start to, you know, finally make that happen. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, um, 
how much how much Matt Rule, what the access is going to be, you know, for practices. He, he did some, I think, during the spring, but it was it seemed pretty buttoned up. So I, I'm not sure if we're, you know, if it's going to be more or less than Scott Frost, but just uh, you know something I'll be watching during that first you know week or two to see, you know, what the access is like and and you know how much information we actually get out of you know fall camp those first couple of weeks. It's going to be interesting to see how if he doesn't allow a lot of access how media members and fans will take it as oh this is bad and xyz and if he allows too much and if we see too much you know how everybody's gonna be like oh this is this sucks already and blah 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 so it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation and i do wonder how how much access he's going to allow because as i as i recall last year i don't believe um Frost allowed a, a, a ton of access early on for spring practice or su- uh, summer camp, if I'm not mistaken. I know he had in previous years, but last year I don't think I don't think we got that much in terms of access. Yeah, definitely toned down. Um, I I believe from like you know his first year or so. Um, there was a there was a couple of practices where he allowed the media to be there at the beginning. You know the first. 30 minutes or so. That was about it. You know, that's more than a lot of schools, though. I mean, like Michigan, they don't basically do none that you get. No, the media has zero um, access in terms of open practice. As far as I'm, I don't think they do a minute of that. They do it during spring, but not during fall camp. So we'll see, you know, where Matt Rule falls along those guidelines. I think he'll find kind of a a healthy medium because he knows how important, you know, Nebraska football is. So I do think that he'll allow some things to, you know, get out there, whether it's social media videos. I mean, Scott Frost kind of did that too. You know, that'll probably be similar type of stuff. I'm sure that the local reporters, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do their thing and we'll get some information, but um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some storylines though. I mean, is Arik Gilbert, you know, going to be able to play? I mean, that's probably, you know, a big one. We still haven't heard about his waiver. I'm wondering, I'm sure Matt Rule will get asked about that on Thursday and he may not know at this point, the NCAA may still be, you know, dragging its feet. So that's a a big question mark. And um, there's a few other ones too, you know, like what is the final roster going to look like? Because the roster has not really been updated recently and, um, just from, you know, what some of the local guys have reported, especially Sean Callahan, it sounds like there's going to be guys on the roster that, you know, have basically decided to take that, you know, retirement package or whatever that we've spoken about before where players can essentially, you know, get their scholarship paid for, but just not be on the team and not count as a scholarship toward the team. So we'll see if how, how many of those uh, changes, you know, kind of come to light with the roster. But those are at least a couple of things I'm watching here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I'd like to see, um, you know, if we get any insight into how, you know, a guy like Garrett McGuire interacts and coaches up his receivers. I'm not sure how much we'll be able to actually, you know, find out about that. But, you know, he's been saying all the right things McGuire has. He seems really energetic. He seems really bought into the position and, you know, his players and the program. So I'm curious to see how he interacts with the wide receivers and, um, I know you tweeted this the other day, but I think McGuire has a shot to run his own program within the next, I don't know, at least five, like five to ten years or so. Yeah, definitely. He will, he'll be a head coach just like his dad will be someday probably in the state of Texas. Um, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll work his way up, but, you know, I'm, I'm sh- I feel like he'll be, you know, the next candidate to be a coordinator some, you know, somewhere. Maybe that's here. 
you know, I don't know that he's going to stay at Nebraska all that long. I think he'll be here a few years probably. And then, you know, just, it just depends, you know, like if his dad offers him a position at some point, you know, we'll just see how things play out, but he definitely is head coach material. So, um, you know, it will be interesting to see how that kind of develops. He's done really well on the recruiting trail. And I think he's going to do really well at the wide receiver position, which is, you know, I wrote about uh, on Sunday, some position battles to watch going into fall camp, you know, for HuskerBigRed.com. So check that out. Um, but one of those positions uh, battles was wide receiver, because I think there's a lot of competition there. Um, you know, Billy Kemp obviously is going to, you know, have a big role. And then I think Marcus Washington's going to have a role, but you've also got Xavier Betts, um, you know, Garcia Castaneda, Malachi Coleman's coming in here, a bunch of other freshmen. So I, I think it's, you know, Josh Fleeks is another name. Um, I just think it's going to be a battle to see what that hierarchy is going to look like. Cause all those guys I think are going to be on the field, but who's going to get the most targets, who's going to kind of settle in where as the starting lineup kind of uh, emerges. Yeah. And you know, you, you mentioned in your piece, the offensive line as being, you know, one, one, one area where there's, you know, going to be a position battle. And, you know, I think for the offensive line, it's going to come down to health. I mean, as you wrote in your piece, you know, as long as, you know, Teddy Prajaka is is healthy, then he'll be at the left tackle spot. If not, you know, you mentioned Turner Corcoran, which I could definitely see as well as a guy that could play there. And I think the health of uh, Prajaka specifically is going to be important for how the rest of the line functions because, you know, he's battled some injury issues over the past couple seasons. And, you know, his health this year, I think, is going to be extremely important, if nothing else, for continuity at a position group that between coaches and personnel has not had a ton. And he's, uh, you know, I mean, he was a top, you know, 100 recruit. I mean, he's is 6'10", you know, whatever the size is. I mean, that's that's almost too big to me, but... Um, and maybe that's part of the reason he's had injury problems, but he's only started, you know, five games. He's played pretty well when he has started so that, you know, he's kind of uh, teased that a little bit. I mean, last year was, I shouldn't say he played well last year. He, you know, last year just was just a disaster. He shouldn't even have been out there. You know, frankly, those two games that he was, he just wasn't healthy and you could see that. Yeah. Um, but I think that shows how important he is. And I just, they, it wasn't really another – I mean, we saw that, you know, Turner Corcoran struggled at left tackle last year, and I think he'll do okay this year, but it's not – that's not an ideal solution. Otherwise, he would be the starting left tackle. You right. know, if that was the yeah. best option, he would be the number one option. Um, but I do think – you know, honestly, I do think it would not surprise me at some point if Gunnar Gatula, you know, got a, got a shot and just kind of took that over. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, the best left tackle Nebraska's ever had, but at the same time – you know, you know what you're going to get. He's going to work hard. He's going to play hard. And, you know, while he's not necessarily, you know, I don't think he's going to, you know, be able to block some of the guys like from Ohio State, for instance, one on one. You know, I think he's going to I think he's going to be able to hold up pretty well against most players. And you know what you're going to get. So it wouldn't shock me if he got, you know, some playing time at some point, you know, Teddy gets hurt. But, yeah, that I, I definitely am interested to see how long he's able to, you know, hold up and if he can hold up for an entire season if him and jeff sims can be healthy for an entire season then the whole outlook i think changes for nebraska football and if they don't if jeff sims doesn't stay healthy for an entire season then we might be in trouble i was um talking to somebody over the weekend and 
you know, they seem to be impressed with what Chubba Purdy has been able to do, you know, so far. But I'll believe it when I see it on the field. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to be able to do it in practice. And, you know, it's another thing to be able to do it over the course of a game. Because we've seen a lot of practice quarterbacks, you know, sling the ball around and we get excited. And then, you know, next thing you know, they come into a game and it looks like they don't know what they're doing whatsoever. So, I mean... I would love to see I'm I'm honestly this isn't a position battle that's you know a must watch but I'm curious to see who can emerge as the backup quarterback cuz we may need you know a Jeff Sims or a Heinrich Harburg or you know at some point this uh excuse me did I say Jeff Sims I'm in Chubba Purdy or Heinrich Harburg at some point this season I mean I'm I want the line to be better but we need to plan like it's going to be a position that's still kind of iffy and that's yeah that's where you know you can see it it is a little bit thin you know especially you know smothers leaving too and yes i mean purdy's really the only experienced guy that you have so i feel like he probably would be the number two option although i know harvard kind of brings that you know running athletic element um they do they have brought in some other you know walk-on type quarterbacks but i you know i don't know if you you want to be in a situation where one of those guys is playing and yeah. so you know that's why it, it you know would have been nice if they could have added a 2023 quarterback but you know look it is what it is they that's just how things worked out and i think they feel good about the position with daniel kalen coming in you know for for next season and Hopefully he doesn't have to uh, start right away. I'm not saying that he can't or, or whatever, but I, that just would mean – I guess that would mean some good things because Jeff Sims probably had a great year and moved on, so maybe that would be yeah. you know, a good thing. But, um, yeah, I, we'll see. That's that's always been my concern about Jeff Sims. I don't think he started more than like nine games or something. Maybe it's even that – you know, it could be ten, but whatever. He's never started a full season, and uh, I know he was – surrounded by the best teams at Georgia Tech and mm. and so we'll see how it all works out but uh keeping him healthy is like the number one priority like he needs to know like if there's one of those run plays where you know you can you need to just like slide and you need to get out of bounds because yeah. you know one yard even if it's for a first down like it's not more it's not worth sacrificing his health because the drop off that I think is going to be significant to QB number 2 whoever it is and, you know, his health also determines on whether or not, you know, Anthony Grant can get things going and Gabe Irvin can get things going. The running back position as a whole, you know, I thought at, last, um, at times last year they kind of stalled a little bit in some games and they weren't really able to create a balanced offense. So that forced, you know, Casey Thompson last year to kind of have to take the game into his own hands at times. And when you have a bad offensive line and, you know, you have to take, the game into your own hands as a quarterback, you're going to get hit. And, you know, so a balanced running game and a productive offensive line in terms of the run, I think is going to be important for Jeff Sims' health as well, just to take, you know, some some pressure off of him in terms of, you know, having to throw the ball every play. I don't think we're going to see that, but balance overall is going to be important. Yeah, I'm interested to see if, like, Harburg, you know, if they like him enough as a runner to put him out there in some packages, you know, to, to just like early downs or goal line situations. You know, we'll see. I do think that he throws the ball probably better than maybe he showed in the spring game, but it, that is still definitely a work in progress. But, you know, Marcus Satterfield, I mean, that's why, you know, that's why he's getting paid what he's getting paid, you know, to develop these guys. And um, so we'll see how that kind of all works out. Um, wanted to switch gears really quick. We'll have uh, plenty of time to talk fall camp, but let's touch base on some recruiting stuff. I know there's, 
not a ton of recruiting news a little bit um you know i had an article over the weekend about kind of some you know negative uh, crystal balls for you know opposing teams you know nate frazier we kind of talked about that um yeah you know the the other texas running back to ucla um and also caden durham not not the best news in my opinion from uh you know from a nebraska perspective taylor tatum was an oklahoma target he committed to oklahoma over the weekend and then caden durham all of a sudden has now announced a commitment date for like august 25th he's supposed to you know go to lsu this weekend as part of their you know every every team nebraska's not doing one but a lot of teams have kind of like a big you know recruiting weekend for unofficial visits and it's kind of more about 2025 but they'll have some of the 2024 recruits as well so he's going there for their kind of big weekend or whatever and the fact that he's going to decide you know before visiting nebraska i don't know i'm not i'm no expert but that usually isn't a good sign and when you're pitted up against, you know, for example, LSU, it's kind of tough. I mean, to be honest with you, it's it's tough. Any SEC school, you know, is tough to compete against if you're in Nebraska. And I think you also tweeted this on, on uh, Friday. You had a lot of good takes this week. Uh, that good thing we landed Kawan Lacey because the, our board is getting thin again. So that Lacey commitment is uh, looking even more even more important by the day. And yes, we landed Lacey, but I'm almost kind of back to square one of, okay, we need to land another running back for for depth purposes or else we're going to be thin at the position, you know, by next year. Yeah, it's, it is risky to take just one running back in a class. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's been other options on the board and maybe they can change things with, you know, Caden Durham. I mean, maybe that's like jumping to the, you know, so I'm pretty sure, you know, I wrote that and someone said it was the dumbest article they've ever read, but you know, whatever. I'm not sure. I was going to ask him in what way, but then I just thought not to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, I know, look, sometimes the the news isn't great, but I mean, explain, someone explain to me how a guy, you know, yeah, he's, he's scheduled for an official visit September 29th or 30th or whatever. Okay. Well, he's committing on August 25th. So he's never been to Nebraska's campus. So there's no, and if you understand the recruiting calendar, there's, this slight period at the end of July for unofficial visits, you can't do any in August. So when's the guy going to get on campus? So, I mean, that's just, I mean, yeah, you can say, Oh, jumping to conclusions a little bit, but I mean, that's just, that's just plain, you know, it pretty much sense to me. And also LSU previously had a crystal ball, you know, along with Oklahoma. So they were one of the teams in the mix. And now that, you know, Oklahoma's kind of out of the mix with uh, Taylor Tatum, you know, it does seem like they're the favorite. I mean, you know, if you if there wasn't a commitment date, you know that would be a whole different story, and he could still commit and take a visit. But if, this is kind of goes into that thing we talked about, you know, on Saturday. We actually did a, you know, recruiting chat on Saturday, uh, this last Saturday morning. So make sure you guys check out that replay. It was a lot of fun, it. and a lot of people came to 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 talk and ask questions and stuff. So we appreciate it. I had a good time. Yeah, we did. We're going to actually start doing more of those uh, live streams and chats. I think we'll do another one this Saturday and um, we'll do one each Saturday as uh, you know the season approaches and on game days and stuff to kind of get you prepped up for uh, each Nebraska game. Although we do have some, as we were talking about, that aren't on uh, Saturdays. So we'll have to adjust our, our thinking there. I know but. the schedule is not very friendly to uh, to people who work, even you guys, the fans. I mean, you guys are going to have to rush home to see the Illinois game and uh Minnesota's on a Thursday night, so I don't know. I mean, it's a weird schedule this year. Iowa, you know, obviously, you know, that that's always – that's I shouldn't say always, but a lot of times on Friday, so that's kind of normal, but the schedule's really weird this year. 
Well, they want to put, you know, they know Nebraska will uh, get eyeballs if they played it, you know, if they played Nebraska at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, it would be, you know, big time ratings. So even if they were playing, you know, Kansas Agricultural Farm College. So, I mean, that's just, they, they know they can put Nebraska on there anytime and they're going to get, you know, that Thursday night game is against Minnesota is going to get some big time ratings. I guarantee it. Yeah. No, it, it, it definitely is. And, you know, I think it's, it's probably one of the first games of the season, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or that first, that, After that week first zero, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, Weeks, I don't. I don't think there's that many games to be excited about for Week Zero. So it'll be one of the first like legitimate games that people are excited about. People are people get excited about Week Zero like they get excited about preseason football. There's nothing else there, so like you're excited. But then once you get the actual stuff, you're like, oh, okay, here we go. You know, so some action probably on Thursday. I love yeah. I love the, Mac football. The action, I, yeah. I, I love, love Mac football. Yeah, they should have. I think that each like not like small conference should have their own like Mountain West should have like a Friday and, you know, just like make it a TV made for TV thing because they try to do it anyways. But I don't know. Well, the problem with the Mountain West and even like the Pac-12 is that their night games, for example, start at like 10 p.m. my time. So it's like, all right, I'm up till 2 a.m. watching, I don't know, Boise State and Idaho and I'm sleepy and I stayed up for Boise State and Idaho, not Alabama, LSU. So it's like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they should have. Yeah, the start times are kind of brutal. But um, at any rate, I did want to touch on, uh, you know, some official visitors coming this uh, this weekend. I'm unofficial visitors, if I didn't uh, say that correctly. But uh, DeVoe Tuataga, the edge rusher, um, is one from Eagle Mountain, Utah. That's a big one. He's taken uh, stops to um, Nebraska and Oregon. He's making another trip to Oregon, which, you know, is always kind of worrisome. But um, that's one kind of edge rusher on the board. And then it was basically kind of confirmed again. I think it was Mike Schaefer, a 24 seven sports that, uh, Caleb Benning is going to be on campus this weekend, which I thought is a big deal. Um, I retweeted that and he's going to be, it sounds like from that reporting, he's going to be taking an official visit at some point. So, you know, I, is that why Amari Sanders hasn't, you know, committed? Is that, you know, why they're, I mean, I know he got a couple crystal balls, but it's, you know, nothing else has kind of changed there. So do you think Nebraska is kind of waiting on Caleb Benning or what's your thought? What's your read on that situation? I always thought the decision, you know, that Sanders would make would go in hand with what Benning decides to do. Um, I, I think it's kind of encouraging that Nebraska is getting an official visit for, or an unofficial visit, excuse me, from Benning. Um, I know he has, like we've talked about before, the December timeline, but the fact that he's coming uh, to campus um, this weekend – I would say is encouraging because quite honestly, I'd be happy with either. I'd be happy with either Sanders or Benning. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's smart that in case Benning decides later, doesn't commit that they have Sanders in the wings, so to speak. But the fact that they're getting Benning on campus is encouraging to me. And it is, you know, I mean, Sanders is technically a cornerback where I think Benning, you know, might be more of like a safety of, and I think he just could play more, you know, he could be that rover type. He could be a safety. He could maybe even be a receiver. So I think there's a little more versatility there. And, you know, I just, to me, I mean, you have a guy that, you know, his dad played here. He's ranked sixth in the state, I think, according to the 24-7 composite rankings. He's ranked in like the 700. So it's not like, I mean, he's a legitimate take. And I think he's going to put out better film this year than he did last year because he was hurt. So I do think even if you took him right now, I think he's one of those guys that probably is better than his ranking even shows. And, you know, just it just don't overthink this one. Don't overthink this one. This is a good player. He this 
program means something to him. I guarantee it means more to him than Amari Sanders. And that's not a knock on Amari Sanders. It's just, you yeah. know, we you have, you know, it just means more to some of these guys, especially those guys from Nebraska. So I, I just feel like with all those things involved, um, if there's a way to take, uh, you know, Caleb Benning, I would do it. And I've, I think I've said that before, but I just, I feel like, you know, if Amari Sanders, if you miss on him, like, you know, he goes to Miami and turns out to be good, you know, it's like, okay, that, that happens. But like, if Caleb Benning goes to like, goes to Illinois and becomes like an all big 10 player, like you're going to be just, that would, that you're going to be really p- pissed off at yourself if you're Nebraska. So don't let something like that happen. Just get this kid, whatever it takes. And the thing is, you know, he maybe he wants to announce in December, like that's fine. But, you know, he can tell the maybe the coaching staff gets a silent commitment or whatever. Like they don't care what, you know, if we all have to stress about it. But if they feel good about it, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Um, but if, yeah, if Amari Sanders doesn't commit, you know, in the next few weeks after this visit, I think that'll be kind of a, an interesting clue, you know, if that is a type of silent commitment or something like that with, uh, with Caleb Benning. But an official visit would be a good sign either way. Donovan Jones and Caleb Benning would be a nice little safety duo, I think, because they're very similar in terms of play style, but they're aggressive. They attack. They 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 run well. They, you know, they pursue well. So Donovan Jones and Caleb Benning would be a nice one-two punch at the position for sure. Yeah, and I like Donovan Jones. I think Donovan Jones could be a cornerback too, actually. Um, you know, the, it just depends how all the – those guys work out with a lot of there's some definitely some position uh, versatility with that class um, with all these defensive backs. And then, good, in my you know, yeah. And then you've got Guthrie and, uh, you know, Prude that could, you know, bump down to, to safety, which is another reason to possibly think about taking, you know, Benning or Amari Sanders or, you know, one of those guys. So at any rate, um, that's kind of the the recruiting rundown. You know, I still haven't seen, you know, I'm still waiting for, I think, Jay Sean Ross to see if he'll take an official visit. That's kind of the big that's probably one of the bigger things I'm waiting for along with the grant, you know, bricks timeline. And we, we really talked about Brandon Baker a lot on the stream on Saturday. So if you want to know about Brandon Baker, you know, go rewatch our live stream from Saturday and you can get all our thoughts there. So um, we gave Brandon Baker exactly what he wanted more free publicity, <laughs> more free publicity. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, um, until he steps foot on campus, I, I'm not, I'm not taking that seriously. So um at any rate, in terms of uh, actual things that happened, um, Fred Hoiberg got a 2023 commitment um, on Saturday. Uh, Matar Diop, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, probably not, but uh, interesting player from uh, Senegal. You know, was in the you know NBA Africa camp, which is you know he actually had you know some decent um, offers. Seton Hall offered him, Arizona State, Charlotte. So there was a, a few uh, mid-major, high-major teams that were in the mix. Um, six foot nine. Um, I don't know how how much you've kind of watched, you know, of this game, Danny, but I think there's a lot, you know, to like with this kid. There's a lot to like, and there's a lot of room for growth. He's only 19 years old, um, and you know, I think he'll be able to provide another sort of rebounding presence uh, for Nebraska. And you know, he's not going on the trip uh, to Barcelona with with um, Nebraska. They're going to Spain this Friday. And he won't be on the trip at all, but he is in the class and they have one scholarship remaining. And I'm just looking at the roster breakdown right here. And I got to say, it looks pretty solid. I mean, it looks pretty solid. He, you know, Diop, you know, adds to a freshman class that includes um, Ramil Lloyd as a redshirt freshman, Eli Rice, Henry Burt, Kale Jacobson, and then 
You have, of course, some of the big contributors from last year, you know, sophomore Sam Hoiberg, Jamarcus Lawrence. And then, you know, there's a lot of veteran talent on this team with C.J. Wilcher, Aaron Ullis, Bryce Williams, Juan Gale. So this is a very balanced roster, and Diop just added to that. And, you know, more than just adding to the to the depth piece of it, this also gives Nebraska another player to develop and build, you know, in the program. Six foot eight, 210 pounds as a 19-year-old is pretty solid, and he's still got a lot of room to grow. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons, you know, this makes sense. Um, you know, I don't see, like I wrote in my kind of three thoughts on his commitment for HuskerBigRed.com, um, I don't see him being a huge factor on this year's team. I actually think no. he's probably going to redshirt. Um, but the thing about it is that, you know, if you have injuries, if Blaze Kata gets hurt, you know, if you need some like this guy can play, um, I think, you know, especially he could help you on the defensive end, you know, watching his highlights. He's really good in those, you know, ball screen situations. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, can switch a lot of screens. Excuse me. So um, I like that about his game and. Most of his scoring was around the rim, but he did make some shots. So I just think if anybody can help develop him, it's going to be uh, Fred Hoiberg for the future. And truth be told, you know, we saw what injuries did to the program last year. And then we had, you know, players like Lawrence and Sam Hoiberg, like those guys step up as well. So, you know, I think, you know, injuries can happen. And, you know, while I think that he may not be able to play right away, at least Nebraska has a body that they can put in there if they need to, because, Injuries seemed to come up at the worst time last year, and somehow Nebraska was able to battle through it. But, you know, it's it's not something that you like to prepare for. And they needed some front court depth. They needed another guy that, you know, potentially could be like a rim protector um, and add more size. And, you know, he I, uh, I, met, I compared him to Eli Rice in the sense that Eli Rice took like an extra prep year and then went to IMG Academy and then, you know, signed this year. Um Diop did a similar thing. He was at a prep academy last year. Some of the recruiting sites even had him as a 2024 recruit. So that's why there was kind of some question when he first committed, if he was coming on this, you know, this year's team or not. So I like the idea of him instead of like, you know, spring another prep year somewhere, spending that redshirt year at Nebraska. I just really think, you know, he does have, he's the kind of guy that maybe in a, a few years, I think could potentially get drafted. I mean, he's going to be one of the best athletes on the roster. And I just think, you know, with, with Fred Hoiberg being able to kind of teach him all the fundamentals and not needing him right away, you know, potentially next year, you could see him in a, a backup role, kind of like what Blaze Cata did, you know, this, this past season for Nebraska, but really this is more like two years down the road. Maybe this guy could be, you know, like a top eight, like someone who could pick, play like 20 minutes a game for you but that that's how you have to think if you're nebraska and so i i like this move long term yeah and you know we saw um nebraska landed a recruit in april whose name i'm blanking on but we talked about him as somebody that the program could develop as well now with diop that gives them another player to develop and you know we're seeing more developmental pieces come into the program whether or not you know <laughs> Uh, Fred Hoiberg will be around to see that necessarily uh, it depends a lot on this year, but it's good to see them try to get pieces that they can at least work with for more than a year and not have to rely on the transfer portal or, you know, quick fix rosters, so to speak. 
And one thing to touch on with Fred Hoiberg um, and the commit. So, yeah, Nick uh, Jana um, Janowski. Janowski. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want to, shouldn't call him Janikowski, the kicker guy, but Janowski, um, the really good player from Wisconsin. So, you know, getting a, getting a player from that state is big with the, how strong the Badgers are in basketball. But Mm. looking at the non-conference schedule, I'll say this, you know, if, if the Huskers played, the schedule they're playing this year, if they had played it last year, they would have easily made the NIT, um, probably would even have been in the bubble mix. You know, they just had a really hard schedule last year. This year there's more home games, um, you know, so I feel like it just is more conducive to, you know, like a 17 to 20 win season. And that, that's what Fred Hoiberg needs. He, I do believe this is a roster that can compete for an NCAA tournament yep. berth. Um, but the floor to me is the NIT. They've got to make the NIT. And I think the schedule sets up pretty well. So, yeah, if they have a losing season this year, then Fred probably will be probably will be gone but i don't i don't see that happen i definitely think that this program is finally took took a couple more years than we all thought with fred hoiberg but i think he's finally got it trending in the right direction and you look at the roster itself there's a lot of you know veteran pieces on this team as well probably the most veteran laden team he's had so everything's lining up for him to succeed and have a big year as a head coach and um you know i think this team gives him an opportunity to be competitive not only for those non-conference games but also in the Big Ten as well due to that experience and the multiple ways that they can score yeah I mean getting you know Kase back I mean he looks great you know in uh, that he's been playing with Japan I think you know Ulysses um, you know he's been a starting point guard in the Big Ten at Iowa and if if uh, you know and Fred the thing that intrigues me about him you know Fred talked about his shot you know I mean if anybody can teach someone how to shoot the ball man it's Fred Hoiberg because yep. that that's what he can do the mayor um, you know back at Iowa State so I feel like if they can in Jamarcus Lawrence I'm really excited about um, Juwan Gary was really good when he was healthy I think um, Bryce Williams is one of the most yep. underrated additions so there's just a lot of there's a lot of versatile pieces I like that Nebraska you know, can play a smaller lineup, you know, they can go big if they need to. I mean, they could have, you know, Lawrence at point guard. They could have Bryce Williams. They could have Casey at the two, Bryce Williams at the two. Um, they could have Bryce Williams at the three, Bryce Williams at the four. So, I mean, just having a guy that's, you know, Josiah six. Josiah too. Yeah, well. Josiah, yep, can play the four and the five. I mean, they could have, um, they could have rink mass. They could have a leak. They could have Bryce Williams out there as a, at the three. You know, Jamarcus Lawrence, Casey. I mean, that's a pretty damn good lineup that they could put out there. We haven't had that type of positional versatility in so long either as a program. So it's going to be nice to potentially have that. And I mentioned this too. You know, there is one open scholarship. I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me if they gave it to Sam Hoiberg, but not that he really. I'm sure that you know he's getting fine paying. You know, I don't even know if he has to pay for tuition. That his dad's the coach because at some places you, you know, if you're like a university employee, it's a pretty common thing. So he he probably. I mean, outside of just like a respect thing, because I do feel like he earned a scholarship, you know, if he wasn't, you know, like if he wasn't Hoiberg's kid, he probably would be closer to getting one. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a higher standard that he almost has to reach because he's Fred Hoiberg's kid, but he played um, well. He did. So either way, I I feel good about him. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the lower end of the the roster as terms of playable guys this year. And I just think they'll probably leave that scholarship open if there's somebody that comes open mid-year or or somebody even, I mean, guys are still like literally hitting the transfer portal like today. So who knows what could happen in the next week or two. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'm actually excited about basketball season. I really am, Um, which means they'll probably let me down in some fashion. But, you know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for basketball and just – 
oh, just generally speaking, I think it's going to be an exciting time for uh, Nebraska athletics, starting with the volleyball game uh, day before the football game, and also the nice uh, $5 million donation that the volleyball program received, which is awesome as well. I mean, if you want good programs, you need some help in order to be able to field them. And the fact that the volleyball program was able to get that is first well-deserved and secondly sets them up well for the future in many ways. Yeah, I think it's awesome that it just shows the investment, you know, in women's sports and, um, you know, the program. I think that yeah. they're set up to be a national title contender for years to come. And you mentioned, you know, you're excited for men's basketball. The women's the women's team, I think, has yeah. a great shot to get back to the tournament this year with some health. They got uh, Darian White from Montana State, who I think is really going to yeah. help. Uh, Jazz Shelley's back. Volleyball, you know, is going to be right there in the mix, you know, to be a national champion again. And uh, Nebraska is going to be going to a bowl game this year. So it's all going to work out, Husker fans. Well, and watch out because the fans are going to clip this clip that you just said. And then they're going to use it against you uh, when you write future articles. So I'll hold my tongue for now. But I'll say that I'm very excited. I really am very excited. And uh, it kind of all starts with media days this week. So I'm I'm very excited for all this to unfold and i just love football i'm excited for any type of football to come on i don't care i know i said i care if i'm watching boise state and san jose state out at uh, 1 a.m but honestly i don't care if it's football i'm all about it it is the greatest game that uh there is no matter i mean i know the soccer people say it's their game their game's the best or baseball but i think that football is the greatest game that there is so Basketball is probably number two, but I also do like baseball. So, I mean, whatever. I don't want to get into that debate. But at any rate, if you want to keep up with all of those sports, you know, Nebraska Athletic, make sure that you uh, hit the subscribe button here to our YouTube channel. We're really trying to, you know, keep that push towards uh, getting a 1,000 here by the time the season starts. So that would be great if you can help with that. Um, but hit the like button and comment too. We're going to have another stream, I think for Saturday. Um, if there's other times that work though, guys, uh, you know, be, you know, we're flexible. So we're trying to kind of plan out a better schedule going forward for, you know, our other broadcast shows outside of our Monday podcast here. Um, but we really appreciate your support. Um, hit that share button and make sure you got your notifications on. So whenever we come live or we have a show, uh, you don't miss it and, uh, make sure you share it with all your friends so they don't miss our Husker content either. Yeah, and uh, thank you for your help in growing the channel. And uh, we're looking forward to a really good season, and we're going to be doing as much content as you want. And uh, give us some ideas, please, because sometimes we run out of ideas. So if there's anything that you guys want to see or hear or any segments that you want us to do, please let us know. And uh, I'm excited, man. It's coming up. It's coming up. I'm I'm, I'm fired up. So, you know, I mean, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good couple uh, couple weeks here. It is going to be a good couple of weeks. We've got some exciting things um, coming down um, the pipe. So make sure you check out huskerbigred.com. Uh, we're going to have some really cool new merchandise um, to show yeah. you. So when we got all that live, uh, we will bring it to you. And uh, as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.